like to to begin with announcements uh, regarding the interview process. Just remind you that you have two teachers uh, during these six weeks, and uh, please check after every two days or three days sometimes, uh, because sometimes we have a day off. Teachers like tomorrow Wednesday, exactly. Uh, but we have teach, uh, day off all over all teachers. Sometimes we decide not to do interviews on Wednesday. Be rest assured that we are not forgetting you. In case you are wondering why you haven't had an interview yet, so that's the announcement. And uh, we are going to continue with our guided meditation. Today I'm going to give you a guided meditation on intentions. Intentions. Uh, the Pali word is karma. Uh, so uh, uh, actually it's the Pali word chetana, which means volition. And the Buddha just defined that what uh, karma is volition. So now, uh, I, as I told you that there's a way how Ancient Buddhist scriptures define mental states, and I wanted to give that definition for you. According to Buddhist psychology, the definition is fourfold, of course. Its characteristics is a state of willing, and the Buddha said, having willed, you commit some action. So it's not so much of the action itself, but the will behind the action. Function is really is to accumulate uh, karma, and its manifestation is a coordination of other associated mind states, and its proximity cause is uh, the associated mental states. That's what that's how they define what uh, volition is. Really, when you look at it. This, you can even make the three distinctions. Like, for instance, I can just reach out for this stick, and it's just more neutral. Right? I just pick it like this. It's a will to act, uh, to really touch this. But also I can reach these things when I'm very, very angry, hmm? and I want to hit you. That's unwholesome. <laughs> Another one is if I, I, I want to, to give you something, uh, maybe an apple, <laughs> a generosity, you know, so I say, yeah, yeah, get this apple. So you can see just raising this thing, three, three things can happen. One is neutral, I'm not doing anything, uh, it's an action, but the intention behind really hitting you with this thing is really actually what counts. Mm-hmm. And uh, whether it's going to be wholesome or unwholesome depends on ethical quality of the mind's state. That's the distinction you can make. So now, how can we bring that to the practice? Uh, really, most of the ways how I practice these uh, intentions is during the movements. Let's say when I'm moving, intending to move, uh, let's say sitting. Intention to sit, and I sit. 
Intention to stand, I stand. Intention to open the door, I open. I think that really was a very profound practice for me when I practiced this for the first time in 1994 in Toshita Monastery in India. And the retreat was 12 days, and they were just teaching us, before you open the door, intention to open the door and open it. I thought it was a different experience. You know, it was a different experience. And I invite you to really start to integrate your intentions in your practice, especially in movement, when you are walking, intention to walk, maybe the first step, and then walk. But don't really make every step fall by, I mean, before intention, then you step. It's going to be too much, and you're going to feel restless. Start with the, the major postures. Um, standing, switching from standing to walking, walking to sitting, sitting to standing. That's a good start. In our day life, you can use it when we go to eat. Uh, then you, the plate is there. When you have a fork, spoon, intention to reach out, and then you become out of that intention. Maybe intention to put in the mouth. You won't go wrong, don't worry about it. Just really tune in into that impulse. What comes after, I mean, before you do something, what's that impulse? It would be very interesting to watch it, actually. Because from that um, mindfulness of those intentions, you can choose which, which way to go. Hmm? Otherwise, if you're not mindful of your intention, you're going to end up in a refrigerator, and you don't know why you even are there. <laughs> Many times I ended up there, actually. What did I want, actually? Did I want this juice or this juice? So I think it's good to watch your intentions. Then when you are sitting here, it will be also very difficult to watch every intention to breathe, intention to breathe, intention to blink your eyes. That's a lot. But for me, where I watched so much of my intention is when I had an itch. I don't know if you've experienced itches when you're meditating. And you want to scratch it. You want to scratch it. And then you all sit here, seated, and mind getting concentrated, and each arises somewhere here in the face. Sometimes you feel like insects crawling. Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes. One time I made a decision that I'm going to watch my intention to scratch an itch. And then I, I intention to scratch, intention to scratch, and I stop there. I forget about it. And later on I found out I will make a determination to watch my intentions. And I'm going to scratch only when the scratch becomes, the itch becomes life-threatening. <laughs> That's only I'm going to reach out. Otherwise, sit with your intention, be calm, be peaceful, and it will pass. And what's very interesting is even to watch how this intention rises and pass away on their own. The implication of this is that we get to know the causal relationship between our intentions and our actions. And that, this has a profound effect in our practice. If we know that, okay, these are a series of intentions rising and passing away before the action, 
and then you can decide on them. That's where we cultivate what's skillful and unskillful because we can see for ourselves what will, what's the motivation behind these intentions. Is it greed, hatred, delusion, and fear? Or is it the opposite, which we talked about yesterday? Is it generosity, loving kindness, compassion, uh, and uh, courage? I mean, you can scratch your itch, you know, but out of compassion. Uh, especially when there's a mosquito, when I meditate in Uganda, and the mosquito comes and you, you can't kill it, it's just tension, intention. Like that. One time I was in Thailand, northern Thailand, and they were just making a documentary movie about these monks, novice monks. I was sitting there, all cameras are in front of me, and we are just in the evening, mosquitoes were just all over me. And then I said, What am I going to do with these mosquitoes? I can't keep on moving my hand like this, you know. It will be terrible. The documentary won't come out good, you know. That's the first time I observed all intention I had. <laughs> really, I would watch one arising, be calm, be peaceful, don't scratch, don't raise your hand. I just kept on just doing that. And I could see how I was getting away from the focus, from even those people interviewing me. So it's good to watch this actually mental activity and activities, and I invite you to do so. Okay, let us sit for a moment. I'll give you some guided meditation on these intentions. Settle back in the present moment. Let go of the past and the future and abide in the present moment. All these actually are soft intentions you are making. Hmm? You're making an intention from being lost in the past and the future and you incline your mind towards the present moment. Just as a reminder, actually, even intentions are conditioned. They are conditioned by external stimuli, uh, the six senses we talked about. They are conditioned by actually what we call conscious motives, depending on your mental state, whether it's greed, hatred, delusion, or fear, or the opposite. But also they are conditioned by what would say anusaya, latent defilements. Anu means along, saya comes from satiety, which means sleeping. So these are defilements underlying, uh, really waiting to wake up if they are provoked. So intentionally, you remember that they are conditions. You know, they come due to cause and condition. Just settle back and relax and just really... Uh, look at uh, what's your motivation uh, to be here. So maybe there's an, in a larger picture of intention, intention to awaken your mind. That's your intention, which is wholesome. As you settle in, sometime you have what you call your primary object of attention. Maybe it's the breath. So you carry those intentions to be mindful of each breath. <laughs> 
you intend to be mindful. But this is just initial impulse to be mindful of the breath as it comes in and out, but don't make every intention to come first before you do the breathing. Just the first intention I'm going to intend to be mindful at every moment when the breath comes in. So that's initial impulse. And let it go and just be mindful of the breath in and out. Sometimes also we make intentions to change our object of meditation. Uh, let's say we've been watching, rising, uh, let's say breathing in and out. We might make the intention to now just be mindful of rising and the fall of abdomen. So we switch. Not every time, but sometime we might switch. And there's that intention. You set that intention. I'm going to be mindful of the secondary stage of the breath, which is rising on the fourth abdomen. And then you start being uh, practice mindfulness of rising on the fourth abdomen. Sometimes people set intention, uh, say, okay, now I'm going to be practicing metta loving kindness, which will come in our guided meditation sometime, how to practice metta loving kindness. And that's our some intention to repeat the phrases, may I be well, happy, and peaceful. There is so many uh, intentions that arise in our meditation life. There are a series of them coming, but don't let them, uh, don't uh, make them a, a big problem and confuse you. Okay, um, should I have intention to watch the breath or should we be mindful of the breath here? So really keep it simple. Keep it simple and keep it real and keep it interesting. That's what I call IRS. From time to time, check in your intention. Sometimes intention arises in, in terms of adjusting your posture so that you don't do it automatically on autopilot. Sometimes we need to shift a little bit then we watch our intention to shift. So every movement is preceded by an intention. And if you miss an intention, don't make it a big problem. There's always going to be another chance to be aware of another intention.
there's something also what intention reveals in our practice, the impersonal nature of the experiences. Though we can see the cause, uh, how one intention leads into an action, or one intention leads to another intention, mind affecting the mind, mind affecting the body, body affecting the mind. We can see this relationship very clear, but it also reveals how this process is impersonal. There's nobody behind it. There's no cartoon, there's no CEO, there's no director behind all this. It's just one thing rising, conditioning the another. And if intention gets in a way, just drop them and just be with the direct experience. As your mind, or as in fact your effort become continuous, your soul, your mindfulness become uh, continuous, and that your concentration also will arise, and then that conditions wisdom, which means to see things in details. So all these mindsets will work together to really actually show you clear what's going on. Clearly you will see without much searching. You can just stay rest assured that when the mind is concentrated, it sees clearly things. So if some of the intentions are not clear, just... Be mindful. Be mindful.
if you are lost in the past and the future, see if you can make your attention to come back to the breath gently, with compassion, with gentleness, you can always come back to reconnect with the breath, with the body. Once you are reconnected to the body or to your breath, you just carry on the usual way you do your practice. Continue to mindfulness. That continuity of mindfulness leads to concentration. And with concentration, it leads to wisdom, seeing things as they really are. It's amazing how all these mind states are connected. And you can initiate them with wholesome intentions to be present, with whatever is arising in the present moment, to open up, to stay connected.
your, what's your intention to open the eyes slowly and you open them thank you for your practice just want to remind you some of the people uh, when you are sitting and then you have to go to sit in a chair. I had that practice of when I had pain and I was sitting there and got the chair. I didn't know what I was going through actually uh, in, in terms of intention but later on I watched my intention clearly when I was shifting from a cushion and got to sit in a chair there. I found out actually my intention was actually desire to have a new posture and hating the, my old posture. And I had some intention that <laughs> deluded that the new posture is going to bring everlasting happiness. <laughs> Three mental states which are unwholesome right there in the moment of shifting from posture to another. So it's very important to watch that. Yes, you hate the old posture, you deserve a new posture, you are deluded, super deluded. <laughs> Actually, Penny, there is even new posture, but just not obvious. Have a very beautiful day, and watch your intention, especially in walking, meditation, when you're shifting, and even in a big event there when you go to eat, Yes, for me, I, I don't like onion, <laughs> so <laughs> I tend to go very fast <laughs> and watch my intention also. This is when I was still young, actually, so onions. So when you go there and lunch, <laughs> watch your intention. Why are you really skipping one dish as opposed to the other? Thank you very much.